Jack's RPG Podcast. I'm in Max, 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 Pursuing the RPG hobby with reckless abandon. Why, hello, and welcome to Season 23, Episode 7 of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Kimmy. And I am Tappy. And we, by the way, if you're out there and you are interested in donating to the Rainbow Railroad fundraiser, you can still do so. Yes. Happyjacks.org slash rainbow. And it will take you to the page. We're a little over 6,000 now. We're at 625 uh, last time I checked. Awesome. Nice. Six, That's amazing. 6,025. Nice. Yeah. Not 625 million, which is my that was sort of like private goal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh. But we're still doing good. Uh, and we blew, yeah, we blew past our goal. Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, in this episode, we discuss campaign sequels and continuations. Okay. Kaitor, Kaitor, Kitor, Kaitor. I think we Kaitor. I like Kitor. Let's vote. Kaitor, the flying eagle. Like. Kaitor. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Kaitor. Uh, can loot? He asks, can loot be intimidation? And Jeb sends us a horror story. Ooh. But first, I know horror stories. We got we actually got a few horror stories in the in the Excellent. in the can right now. <laughs> uh, if you'd like to email us, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. And we're on all the social media. Mm. Happy Jacks RPG, all one word. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and MeWe, which I haven't posted on in a couple weeks. But I will start ah. again. Lies. So, so come MeWe with me. Yes. <laughs> wow, that just sounds dirty. Yes. <laughs> That's why he likes it. Ah, it, it makes people uncomfortable. Oh. <laughs> I like making people uncomfortable. You do. It's, it's, it's like it's, oh. it's like self-water sports or something. Like, <laughs> you mean like peeing on yourself? <laughs> I've done it accidentally. Yeah. I've never tried it for pleasure. Yeah, like, like in the shower or something, not like trying to hit you in the face. Well, there was that old wives' tale that you pee on your feet if you have uh, athlete's foot. Oh, yeah, don't, don't do that. <laughs> Never heard that? No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, it, it doesn't work. No, of course not. Otherwise, <laughs> you, I mean, then you wouldn't get, like, fun- fungus from locker room floors because there's pee all over locker room floors. Like, that would solve the problem. Never mind. You don't know. Never mind. Why are we pee over locker room floors? Wait, you've never been in a locker room then because yes, these I are have. gross. They're the, well, they're gross, nasty. but they're not, they're not pee all over the floor. Anyway. <laughs> I've never been in a locker room where there's pee all over the floor. Well, you don't know. Well, you know I mean, it's I've been not like wet. Bar restrooms where there's pee all over the right, floor. Right, but like, like there's pee on the floor in restrooms, like all, most restrooms, at least a small amount. It gets tracked out. It's in the locker oh, I room. S- oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, I thought you were telling me people like, oh, I'm, I'm not, I'm too tired. I worked out so hard. I'm just gonna <laughs> piss myself right no, here. No, I don't that. And leave a puddle right in front of my locker. No. Okay. No. Although I was in swim team, so I don't know what the puddles were from. So who knows? Oh yeah, there's water yeah. all over the place. <laughs> well, no, but you just pee in the pool then, right? Yeah, yeah, that's 100. percent No, that's what you do. Mm. That's a thing. That's how you give, keep it warm. <laughs> <laughs> that's, when you, that's when you get pissed at the person in front of you in the lane if you're like, oh, warm. God damn, a warm spot. It's <laughs> <laughs> gross. But that's why there's so much chlorine. That's why. That's like my, when my whenever my kids get in the car after I pick them up from school, I swear to you, they. Hold their farts all day long and wait until they're in my car, and then and they're usually quiet and they're awful. They have to roll the windows down and blast the AC, get it out, get the windows all closed up again, and the other one goes. And, and, you oh, taught man. them well. I I didn't teach them that. No, uh, weightlifting farts are the worst because you're like straining and stuff, and then just like oh god damn it. Did you ever talk about the yoga fart? <laughs> I was in a yoga class. I don't know who it was. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. <laughs> But uh, it, was, it was someone behind me. We're in the they're doing the happy baby thing where you grab onto your oh, feet and yeah. roll onto your back and your like knees are like right here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And someone let loose, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not twelve. I'm not twelve. I'm not twelve. I won't laugh. I won't laugh. Yeah. I won't like, laugh. Serene meditation. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we haven't even started. We're off the rails. Guys. I know. All right. So I wanted to talk about uh, sequels and continuations. Because this is something that comes up a lot in games. Yeah. Where you run a game, and the players have a fun time, and they either want to keep playing, or they want, or or they at a later time want to revisit the game. Mm-hmm. And I want to kind of talk about what uh, instances where it's worked well, instances where it's haven't, and mm-hmm. see if we can sort of drill down on common elements as to why they did or didn't work, mm-hmm. or 
disparate elements as to why it did or didn't work. And you see, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I've I've run I uh, I ran a very long camp groups campaign that lasted a few years, um, in college, mm -hmm. and I got to the end point and everyone wanted to keep playing and I had to come up with some crazy shit because it was a it was a, a world scale yeah. campaign. It's like at some point the characters are going to get powerful enough or be influential enough. They're they're going to be doing something to literally save the world. Mm -hmm. How do you follow that? Yeah, you can't. I mean, well, you in, introduce aliens or something, <laughs> right? That's what you do. And and it that that one did not work. That one ended up kind of fizzling out after I don't know three or four sessions mm -hmm. or something like that. But have you have you had had any campaigns where? You've, you've reached the end point, either play or run, where you reach the end point, people want to keep going, and it's worked well, or it hasn't worked well, and maybe why. And also, the sort of sequel thing, where there's like some time, like, I want to play this that game again. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That kind of thing. Um, uh, once, I tried, tried to continue a game after we had kind of closed it. Mm -hmm. um, and it was my um, uh, uh, Apocalypse World campaign mm -hmm. that went on for a couple years that was just fucking awesome mm -hmm. um and uh we ended on this crazy high point um of actually the party itself like turning on its on each other mm -hmm. um and uh when that happened that was kind of like well we're no longer going to work together ever mm -hmm. so uh we'll just end it here and so we tried picking that up again uh, without those, the people who are on one side and like with some other people mm -hmm. and just the magic wasn't there. Mm. Like the the characters had worked so well together because they kind of grew, the concepts of them grew together. Yeah. Sure. You know, especially with games, story games like Apocalypse World, you have a very bare bones thing on your player sheet and so the, the uh, personality of your character and what they care about and how they interact with the world like really grows out of your campaign yeah and so when having trying to take those characters and move them on without the other the other two characters um that were on like the insurgency side kind of thing uh, yeah it, it just didn't work mm -hmm. um and uh I don't know, looking back on it, I really don't know how I could have made it work. Like, it was kind of like that story of those characters were kind of done. Mm -hmm. right. And I think we could have gone on in like the same world mm -hmm. or or done a, like you said, like kind of like a, a sequel thing rather than a continuation. But maybe if we had all the characters, we could do a continuation. Um, but I don't, I don't know how we would have done that with the with how the characters ended it. Like, yeah. there's no way they would continue to work together. Right. Um, and there'd have to be, like, some huge GM caveats of, like, well, God came down and told you <laughs> <laughs> that you need to mend your wicked ways. Yeah. Um, the And that's that's the only one that I've actually tried. Yeah. Um, I've done it a couple times. I mean, like, like there's been the continuations with, like, Saga of the Inukai, but those are, I think, different examples a little bit. Well, those uh, are sequels. Yeah. And I, and I actually have some thoughts on why that sort of worked and as opposed to other things. But go yeah. Ahead. Um, I've played in, like, some continuation, like, D&D games. And we actually tried to do that also on stream with um, Desert of Despair. Mm -hmm. So it was like, we did this amazing storyline ending. Oh, we still want to keep playing. All right, we're going to keep streaming. One session. Like, And then, like, just, like, nobody could get together after that. It was right. just like this. And it, it was just like this. It sounds very similar to what Tappy was describing, where you are just riding the high of that. Like, and you want it to keep going. You yeah. want it to keep going. And there, I've done it in home campaigns, too, where you just kind of keep going, and it just feels kind of forced. It's like that bad relationship that you really like certain things about the person, but you know it's not working, but you just kind of keep smiling, and you keep making it work. Right. Yeah. Like, uh, the sex is really good, yeah. but nothing else is. Could you just right. not talk as much please uh yeah so it just it has that like kind of like morning after feel to it right <laughs> that <laughs> is exactly no you are 100% right yeah, you are 100% right yeah it's just not, not as good as you remembered it being and it's just it can't get to that point again um without a lot of alcohol maybe and <laughs> 
this may have stopped being about RPGs. Right. <laughs> but I think I think like that's something that a lot of us face because you get to that great point and you have so much fun and you are so in love with the characters and you love the story that you've created together. And I think sometimes you just don't know when to like call it and be like, okay, this is a great story. Let's move on to a brand new story. Right. But I, yeah, I'm sure. I don't know. We we totally had that thing with uh, with Monster Hearts where we had this great mm. arc. And then we kept on trying to push it, mm-hmm. and it just couldn't keep going. Yeah. Right. It just couldn't keep going. Yeah. And so we just had to stop. Right. I think I, I think the thing with the Inukai thing, because we, we, we had two basic sequels, right? Mm-hmm. We, had the, we had the original game, mm-hmm. and then we had the second game, which like is, was like the next generation. Yes. And that started with the last of the original PCs, Funeral. Yeah, that's how how the game started. Such a great way to start a game, but right, like super good. Um, yeah. But th- there again, it ran for three or it four or five sessions, it and it fizzled out. out super fast. And and then th- some time went by. Yeah, and that was with the pressure of like releasing it to people too. Right. Yeah. So I mean, that makes it especially if you're like, there's a bunch of people who are waiting to listen to this, and we still fizzled out. Mm-hmm. Like that tells you how powerful the fizzle out can be with these things. Right. The second one, which started in the FFG. Um, L5R and then into back to fourth edition. Mm-hmm. I think the reason that that game has worked so well, part part of it is because there was some we we there was an injection of some new blood. There were some new mm. players involved. Yes. Mm-hmm. But the other thing is there was a lot of distance. Yeah. Like uh, I don't remember like a hundred years or a couple several generations difference. Yeah. From the original campaign, so the the original characters in the game. Are now like the lionized ancestors, yes. mm-hmm. you know, and that's sort of like it. It starts to become sort of like a shared mythology of the players, right? Mm-hmm. Which I think I thought was very powerful in the opening session when it's like, okay, this is the dice show that belonged to Nakoma. Mm-hmm. This is the dice show that belonged to so and so, and then so it's like you're you're now part. The characters and the players are now are part of a history that's greater than themselves. Yeah, and I think that that gave it gave it a a little sort of a, a level of gravitas yes. to the game. The other thing, um, as far as like the plot and everything, I all I did is I literally used the plot that you guys ignored in the first campaign. Nice. <laughs> yes. The, the can't. I, I just kind of sat sat down the and sort swords. of right the swords the swords that you guys hid one of them and were not interested in, in going out and finding any of the other ones or finding out anything okay. about them. Or I don't know if it was you guys buried. It was. Like me, you buried. Yeah, it. I buried it. Well, no, they buried it, and then you and went then back I and buried, buried it, it and again, moved it, so nobody would know where it was. So yeah, because you were afraid someone would come back Still and steal it. Still want to find out what the hell happened there, man. That's well, okay. it started corrupting. The, you found that out in the yeah. second, yeah, in the second version, because it started corrupting the area around it and it turned into this weird sort of shadow swamp. Yeah. But I think the other thing that um, that allowed that game to to be successful is because of the fact that it had its own story. It was a story you guys ignored. Yeah. But it was the main plot and I basically took, okay, they didn't deal with this really kind of scary thing and then the second campaign where you guys started to actually deal with that fizzled out. Yeah. So it's like, okay, so this guy keeps going. Mm-hmm. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait like four or five, six generations. What would happen? Yeah. Well, he would have been, he would have, you know, insidiously infused himself into as many powerful uh, clan courts as he could mm-hmm. and try to cause as much discord as he possibly could. Mm-hmm. And so that's why when the game started, the entire empire is at war. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. These clans are fighting with these clans and these clans are trying to stop these clans from mm-hmm. fighting by burning their farms so they no longer have the food to support their armies and, you know, and yeah. et cetera. And, and, and I think... Um, I just lost my turn. I think I think, I think time <laughs> needed to pass for that to happen, though. Yes. Yeah. Like, and I think I think the the th- two, you listed them as two distinct points, but I think that they are actually connected. Like time passing in the game and out of game for people to get past like the burnout a little bit. Oh, that's true. Because even if you have like a great story, like you've been in this zone for a long time, like suddenly I think that was one of the things maybe with our second Inukai campaign, like jumping to another character. Like, I was still very much in, like, Akume's head. Right. And now I'm supposed to be playing, I think it was Stork's Daughter? Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't remember. I was someone else's character's daughter, mm-hmm. which is cool, but I kept, like, you can't play a character for, it was, like, No, it wasn't Stork. No, because uh, Tyler was playing 
Stork's. Oh, maybe I was Tyler's character. I don't know. Some, been, yeah. Somebody else's child. And so you're still kind of still very in your headspace of, I was still super partial to, I think it was, wasn't Dave going to be my like child or something? Right. Yeah, or something. So you're like still trying to be nice to your character, even though it's mm. now Dave's de- de- kind of taken that on. I don't know. Right. There was, I still felt myself having bias there right. towards Akume. Um, where like in this campaign, like it's far, it's it's far enough away from it that I don't I don't feel those biases. Right. I was super pissed off when my sword got messed up, but whatever. <laughs> um, so I, I think that really does help keep people fresh, and I think the time passing helped. What even though the the, the foundation had been laid, and I think this is important in all campaigns. Like you were saying, it has its own storyline. I think time has to pass for there to be another storyline, because yes. in, you know in the meat space world. Y- not well, just in the story in world. In both, yeah. yeah. It, right. But in the story world like, is what I'm kind of talking about at the moment, but you're absolutely right. Because mm-hmm. um, like, okay, we just saved, you know, the world from this giant alien. That's amazing. Yeah. Like, Oh, you, no, there's another and then, alien. Yeah, and then <laughs> on Tuesday, there's an even bigger one. Yeah, and then, like, no matter what, that like, there's that power creep that kind of loses the gravitas. So when you read novels, when you see movies, like, there's years that pass between these big dangers, even in, like, the Marvel Universe or anything like that. So, or maybe not years, but a long time. And so you kind of need that feeling for these events to have gravitas. Because if the world's almost, you know, taken out every other day, oh, the world's going to die again today. Right. Cool, I'm still going to go to the mall because who knows, next tomorrow's going to happen again. Exactly. Um, I think also, like, just that idea of shared mythology and players who are playing the game in the second one seeing their characters enshrined yeah. is really important. I think that makes them feel what they did was useful. Yeah. Sure. And then that puts more energy into the new ones of what I'm doing here is useful too. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I, I'd really like to, at some point, go back to my Traveler campaign, A Thousand Years in the Future. Mm. And all of the characters, I mean, I did not intend this to be a Save the Universe game and it by by game two was a save the universe game right um and so having all the characters be these heroes these these legendary heroes and that have really changed now like this entire like area of the galaxy um i think be a lot of fun yeah Um, yeah and so and especially with l5r2 where like ancestors are so important uh i think that's i i just am a big fan of that whole thing oh yeah. yeah yeah Well, I think that I think that's true of like every game, though, because like in D and D, I think one of the things that fizzled out, um, besides schedules in some of the games that I've played, is that I don't know, just just that I've lost my train of thought too now. Okay, um, but, <laughs> but but yeah. It's only Pinot Grigio. It's not like I know. I haven't had very much of it either. It's not scotch. I think I started thinking about what Tappy said while I was like thinking about what, and I got lost. Well, I, I mean, I, I think in, in a lot of games, it's easier to like lose grasp of yeah. like kind of like a timeline, etc. Whereas L5R, L5R has so much history to it. I mean, they have literally yeah. twelve hundred years of history like yeah. written down. Oh, that yeah. you can go and look at. Um, so I think it's it's. Uh, a little bit easier to uh, have that kind of ancestor worship kind of situation. Absolutely. Well, and I think, too, I think one of the benefits of having, because I have a terrible memory, and lots of our our people in our community have noticed that I have a terrible memory. But, um, like, I remember, like, parts about a campaign, but, like, if I'm going to, if that campaign's going to go on for a, a super long time, I'm not going to have the best recollection of everything that happens. Having space between what's hap- what happened in the first campaign and what happened in the next campaign gives me a great reason to not know every single little thing. Exactly. Like now that I'm remembering what, oh, this is what I heard happened four years ago by the other agents in S.H.I.E.L.D. or whatever, or mm-hmm. this is what my great, 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 great grandmother did. Like, yeah. It gives like it gives a le- reason and a legitimate cause for the fuzziness of my recollection. <laughs> Great. It's like, so what did your great grandmother do? Nobody knows. That's <laughs> <laughs> been lost to the mists of time. Something with an air me. I don't know. <laughs> like, no, seriously, we have it recorded. You can yeah. just go look at right. it. No, I uh, know. <laughs> it's a mystery. Nobody knows. Yeah. No. <laughs> All right. I had to bring a dog in because she's outside. She was whining. so upset. Um, but I do. I like. I, I really like the. The, the space gives it or its its own its own room to breathe too. Yes. You're not trying to be the same thing again, which I think is important. I agree. But, but I've also heard people make it work. So if you can, that's amazing. Tell us how you did it. 
Not that we want to know. Yeah, we do. I want to know. Uh, can loot be intimidation from Kaitor? Who would like to read? Can, or uh, should I? I, I would, oh, oh, go for it. Okay. Me. Uh, P.S. Dr. Bones, I know you're listening. If you don't want uh, to peek behind the GM screen, stop listening for the next five to ten minutes. Yeah, make it ten fun. to fifteen minutes, probably. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, dear King Douche and whatever douchettes you've managed to gather this evening. Well, douchette. Ha ha. <laughs> uh, one of my players said something in our last session that got me thinking, and I wanted to get your thoughts on the subject. First, some backstory about our game. Feel free to drink and mark off the emailer uh, and mark off the emailer tells you about our home game box in your Happy Jacks. Thank you, uh, RPG bingo card. I'll just take a drink. I'll, more drinks. I'm currently running my second campaign for our group. The first being Blades in the Dark, and now it's sequel Scum and Villainy. I only bring this up uh, because in Blades and the uh, Blades, the currency coin is supposed to be a rare thing your crew is always after. Four coin is a pretty good haul for a small job, and ten is a once-in-a-lifetime score. So, when I started running SAV, I figured some game engines, credits, would replace coin, and are they the same thing? I kept payments low to keep the crew constantly looking for their next paycheck. But I noticed as the game went on that there was a lot more money sinks in SAV than there was in Blades, so the crew needed more money just to stay afloat. And somehow, my crew uh, actually decided to play the good, honorable bounty hunters this game and haven't capitalized on any extra legal revenue sources presented to them. Trust me, I'm as shocked that they've been able to keep it up for six sessions as you are. That is actually really impressive for that game. Yeah. Uh, which leads me to our last session. A group of zealot monks were attacking with arms, the arms dealer's warehouse, and the crew had been hired to help round up as many rats uh, that, tried, that tried to flee the sinking ship. Armed with nothing but some grapple hooks, they chased after a ship with two mass driver machine guns, and, you'd, uh, and as you would expect, started getting some pretty big holes in their pretty little ship. In the end, they ended up winning the day. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wrestling a dog who wants to get to the based, wire dog. <laughs> based on the damage they received, the cost to fix their ship, and the reputation damage they did with another faction that was trying to hire them to save the gunrunners, I figured now was the time to give them a decent payout. One of the crew uh, on the other ship had a huge bounty on him, so they could pull in the captured ship and get a reward for it, plus the payment the monks were giving them to help out on their job. All in all, the group has the potential to earn them as much profit as the five previous sessions combined. So I expect to hear cheers of success, or at least a few thanks, on their new, on their new benevolent GM for bestowing spending cash on their poor characters. But one of the players just sat back and said something to the fact of, you realize that now the GM is giving us loot. That means the hammer is about to fall, right? <laughs> that caught me completely off guard. I never thought about using loot payouts as a way to intimidate and get your players invest or uh, and get your players invested. In a similar way that a video game might give you some fire resist potions from a chest and a fire resist helmet from a mini boss uh, and some more fire resistant boots from some secret stash built uh, to build up your suspense that you're about to fight something huge and scary that could roast you alive can you use carefully planned out loot payment as a dr uh, as to drive player engagement in a tabletop rpg that spans weeks and months have you ever purposely or accidentally done anything similar a loyal listener i think it's kitor uh, still not uh, on the forum. To on the forum two years later. P.S. Doctor Bones, you may now resume listening. Wow. I ah. Well, um, if he says carefully planned out, so I'm out. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, no. This brings I an, this brings up an interesting question because. Should the GM exploit players when they're metagaming? Because that's exactly what this is. Yeah. This is this is a player. It's it's exactly like the uh, the game that uh, uh, Dave and Stork ran at a con, where they go they go to some place and and they throw out this pre prepared map and and one of the players says we're on the right track because they had a map for this place. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like oh, there's a map for everything now. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I, I wonder. I mean, that's kind of what you're doing if you were to... Because this ha happened just by chance. Yeah. But if you were to actually plan to do this, is it is it exploiting a player's tendency to metagame, or is it just foreshadowing? Or is it training them to yes. stop? 
<laughs> Maybe. <laughs> that's what I thought. <laughs> mm, that's interesting. That could be. I don't know. But yeah. I mean, I've done stuff where it's like I'm gonna, uh, the, the players are going to fight some big thing. Mm -hmm. I haven't done it in uh, more more recent games, but in older games, I've certainly done it. Yeah. I mean, in the early years of the podcast, it's like, well, I need to get the players leveled up to whatever because the next thing they're going to, the next big thing they're going to meet is going to be whatever. Like, yeah. uh, like, oh, they're going to meet a mage with a fireball, so I want them to be at least at this level, otherwise it's going to be a TPK or yeah. something like, something along those lines. And you sort of kind of start front-loading them with either XP by having them go through some easy fights or, or, Give, get them better equipment and stuff mm -hmm. like that. I mean, I've done stuff like that intentionally. Right. I don't know if players noticed. I don't know if the players yeah, saw a pattern. I mean, mm. that's something I think that people expect, especially when, like, D&D. &D. Like, I don't yeah. know, it's, it's pretty, like, common. And in most of the games that I've played, it's like, oh, okay, we're getting magic items. And, oh, we're leveling up. Like, But you kind of expect that the bad guys are going to level up with you. Right. Like, in that, it's like, yes, we are getting magic items and we are getting higher levels so that we can face these things that are down the road. Yeah, like like the video game that gives you fire-resist potions, fire-resist helmets, that sounds like a, a Square Enix yeah. Japanese RPG kind of yeah. video game, which is very much that way yeah. of you must be X level yeah. because this is going to be X level and you have to have this gear. Um, and I, I haven't, again, I haven't really played a game like that in a while, yeah. I mean, not I that it's not that it's bad, of course, no. but it's just, yeah. I, I it's it's very. I don't know. It's kind of odd to to put fear in the player characters and not like the 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 actual players, players not the player right. characters. Um, we do it all the time with items, though. Like if you think about, oh, they they go into the room. Oh, they might find some money. They also find a journal with information. Like I feel like like we do it, but not necessarily with things that we would consider like, quote, loot, like like disposable items or coins or something like that. Like like things that look like uh, uh, story late. Yeah. Right? Where, I, like, I had a player who, if something, if I put a red herring out, mm. she would jump on it like a pit bull. <laughs> right. And, and lock onto it uh -huh. and tell everybody else to fuck off because this is a thing. It's like, oh, God, <laughs> damn it, that's a red herring. That was just... Yeah, no. I, I, I've I've learned red herrings are are a dangerous thing. If, yeah. you, if you actually want to tell a, a, a progressing story, yeah, make the red herring a thing, not yeah. a red herring. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a red snapper, not a red right. herring. Evidently, that's what our whole first L five R campaign was. <laughs> <laughs> it was, yeah. But that gave you the whole story arc to use four years later. That's so right. Oh, yes, it's really a gift to use. I, I literally was using some of the, a lot of the prep and some even some of the the dreams. Mm -hmm were stuff that it, I, I recycled <laughs> that I never got to use. Nice. But, yeah, I feel like this is actually a pretty good idea, though. Like, I might actually steal this and see how it goes um, for my... Because I'm running a campaign, so... Um, which is exciting. Yeah. Somewhere in the back of my head, I'm, I'm thinking it may not be a good idea to exploit metagaming, because I'm wondering if you're, if you're encouraging it. Yeah. If you, if, if you make them... If you make... The metagaming supposition correct? Are you inviting more of it? Well, no, that that would be the thing, and, and I I know. And then you have the then you screw them over. Yeah, no, it's it the other way that, around. That's what I always do, and I feel like I've exploited metagaming, but never with loot before. I've a hundred percent done it in other ways. Like I mean, and we all kind of do this. Whenever you misdirect players, oh, they're going to assume that this is the bad guy. I'm going to give them, and they're they're using knowledge that they probably didn't get in character. Um, to like assume that this is the bad guy, or oh yeah, you're playing with the players' expectations right. or the players' perceptions of what you're seeing, rather than what the characters would. Right. See so you, I feel like we play with their metagaming all the time. I just haven't done it specifically with loot and items. Right. I mean, with specific loot, like we, ha I have done it on purpose. Like, here's an item in you know this room that's gonna make them think that that guy they already are suspicious of is the guy. Oh no, it's not that guy. Like I mm. also am mean, so. <laughs> I, yeah, I tend to give people loot because I think it's cool. Yeah. And right. that's one of the troubles. Like, oh, this is really cool. This is going to go great with your character. Here, take it. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, now you like totally rock everything. Okay. Uh, well, yeah, it's like yeah. when I gave Rhinos no. to the D&D party. That yes. was the worst mistake I ever made. <laughs> it was the best. You had no idea we were going to do. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> we wrecked everything with those Rhinos. They were the best. I finally had to make a, a passage that was so narrow that the Rhinos yeah. couldn't make it through. Yeah. So Rhino, Rhino Wreckers would have been a great T-shirt to make. Right. <gasps> <laughs> yes. Oh my god. 
So I, I don't know. I don't think it's bad to, to do that with them. Like if you're messing with their expectations, good. It will keep them on their feet and on their toes and they won't trust you and that will be fun. Yeah. Although I think it's very, I think there's a very specific example for very specific games. A lot of games, yeah, yeah. it's not going to occur to the players. If they find a weapons cache in a traveler game, yeah. they're not going to think, oh, wait, there's going to be a ravenous bug bladder beast, beast of, of troll. <laughs> yeah. I also want to clarify when I say they won't trust you, like, they will trust you as a GM, but just not trust any of the clues you give. They won't trust there's themselves. There's a difference. Yeah. <laughs> That's more important. Trust you, trust your GM, but not yourselves. I think that metagaming is bad. Yes. And people should try not to do it. Yes, yes. I agree. In general. Mm. That's kind of the, the thing in the back of my it's, head. That it's it's right. just tough. And and there are times when, when I metagame and I try really hard not to. Yeah. But, I mean, everybody does. Yeah. Just because you're excited about your character, not even if you're trying to win. Right. Well, we've coined the term Schrodinger's metagaming. When right. you, you know something as a player. Yes. And, you, and, you, and suddenly your actions as a character are stifled because you don't want to appear to be metagaming. Or would I really, it really have occurred to me to do this if I didn't over hear this conversation at the table things mm -hmm. like that yeah see I've never had that problem with characters though like when I played them it's always really clear to me like oh no I thought of that my character would not have thought of that right like I don't know I I guess my, my brain is always doing puzzles that's true and so, and I typically play characters that like to solve problems yeah that's and so it's really hard to like that line blurs a lot yeah especially like in the the character I'm playing Hannibal in Vault 818 he is half like problem solver half like uh, criminal and so I'm trying really hard to do the problem solving stuff and make everybody happy so they all owe me mm -hmm. without me having played all of the Fallout games and knowing all of the stuff <laughs> right. that he doesn't know yeah right <clears throat> you know so and my character in that game is just really dumb like she's really I strong and really dumb so now it's how, like <laughs> how far in the future is this vault it's 2270-something? Yeah, it's like 300 years. Almost 300 yeah. years. Okay, all right. So it's like a typical um, Fallout game. Yeah, yeah, I think it's, yeah. As opposed to Fallout 76 or yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We don't speak of it. Um, 76? Yeah. Zachary loves it. Yeah, I know a lot of people who really like it. I know some other people who really hate it. It's kind of like um, uh, Vegemite. Yeah. You either love it or hate it. Yeah. Do not like... Yeah, uh, I tried Vegemite recently for the first oh, time. We're being corrected. Two hundred years in the future. Two hundred. Okay. I am. I am not. I'm not a Vegemite person. Veg is that the that's the, the, that yeast, the yeast, yeast stuff? Oh, yeah. you know what? The the very quickly the the I got an email about it mm -hmm. from a, a listener. Uh, no, I think it was an Australian listener in England who said, "Okay, you're putting too much on. You're not eating it right." Mm -hmm. Says this is what, and he said, "You take a piece of toast, you put butter on it." And then you let that shit soak in. That's That was his quote. Mm -hmm. Let that shit soak in. <laughs> then you put a very thin, thin, thin layer of Vegemite or Marmite on it. Uh, yeah. Oh, no, Marmite. That was what I actually tried. Marmite is th thinner. I have both of them now. I will I will try that again with butter because I, I'm always interested in liking disgusting things. I, well, see, I, the first time I tried it, I took a big dollop like I was yeah. using peanut butter. Yeah, that's what I did. And I smeared it on a piece <laughs> of like, toast. Oh, God. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> it's awful. Absolutely awful. But with butter, the fat and the butter kind of cuts that sort of super tangy, yeasty taste to it. It's got... It's kind of like if you imagine if you took soy sauce and then made it like mostly solid. Yeah, that's a lot. What that's like. that's what yeah. it tastes like. All right. But on a piece of toast, if it's made pr properly, it's delicious. Really? Oh, okay. I, I, will try I actually really like it. Okay, I will, t I will try that. All right. Any, any more for, for Mr. Kaitor? Kitor? No. Kitor? Kitor? But if you start uh, doing this, tell us how it goes. Or yeah, if anyone I'm, else does this. Because I'm going to start. I'm gonna, if you're in my campaign. Oh, you know, this, it, 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 I don't know. It's, it's hard to apply this in other kinds of games where you don't have that kind of mindset. Yeah. Because I was thinking, if you, if you had players that are in this kind of mindset and you're playing Call of Cthulhu, <gasps> like, oh, you've walked into a room that's full of... Um, M60 machine guns. And like, <laughs> oh, well, I, obviously we were not going to fight anything of any importance because yeah. this right. won't work on it. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I feel great. Yeah. <laughs> you, walk, you walk into a library and it's all esoteric books. Yeah. We're fucked. Yeah, that's what that is. <laughs> See, we do, we've done that. That right. happens oh, all man. the time in games. It's just, I just don't think we think of that. In, think of it in that context. I got kicked out of a Call of Cthulhu game once because my character, who was like a college student, got attacked by zombies in a library and tried to shoot a zombie with a flare gun. And so I 
burnt the entire library down with all the stuff we needed, and they're like, we don't want you in our game anymore. You burn books down. Why wouldn't the GM just move <laughs> the stuff to another library across town? Because this was 25 years ago. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> and you're playing by Blackleaf uh, rules. No, you burn down the thing. Yeah. You've got to leave. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. All right. Thank you very much, Kaitor, yes. for the email. Thank you, Kaitor. And uh, horror story from Jeb. Uh, I will read the horror story from Jeb. Before you do that, have me that bottle of rye. Appropriate. Hello, Boosh-Dags. It is I, Jeb, not Jib, with a gaming horror story that is unfolding Jeb. even as we speak. Yes. You know, I never thought those emails were real until I had an experience <laughs> to share with you. Oh, God. Oh, I'm so happy about this. I mean, I'm not happy about that, but... Yeah. We yeah. are the forum of, of RPG podcasts. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Forum, not in a forum like online, but forum as in... Yes. The... Uh, Roman Forum. Yes. Bo no. Uh, Botany Bay. Yeah. Bob Guccione publisher fame. Bob oh. Guccione? Um, yeah. It was a penthouse. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It always started with Dear Forum. I never thought this would happen to me. <laughs> the pool boy came over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, right up front, I want to make it clear. There are no villains in the story. The GM in question, let's call him Don, <laughs> because that's his name, <laughs> is a great guy, and I'm glad he's part of our gaming group. But his GM style reads like a checklist from the Happy Jacks Don't Do This list. Railroading? Check. Awesome. Removing player agency? Check. Yes. Endless perception checks? Check, check, check. Excellent. GMPCs? Oh, God. Oh, check. The worst. Fucking with the rules of the game? Check. Forgetting to bring his notes? Check. I've done that. That's not so bad. Good. Uh, well, one time I couldn't fucking attach to your internet here and all my notes were on the that's cloud. Not, that's right. not your fault, though. And I was like, ah, oh, goddamn. Nobody could tell. Yeah, nobody could it. tell. Yeah, and, and the game went sideways. Uh, if you like, you can play Bad GM Bingo, as I described the game. <laughs> oh, my God. That's the thing we need to make. Yeah. Bad GM, GM Bingo. Bingo. I don't know if that's a good idea. <laughs> I can see it being fun for like twelve. No, it would be. Seconds. It would. I mean, you could play it, but it, you have to play it quietly unless you want to hurt the GM's feelings. Right. Um, Not in the world. of... You'd mostly do it at cons. No. And you would oh, have to at cons. That would be great. And you'd have to intentionally sign up for bad games. <laughs> well, this is also the world of like streaming and online games. Like you can watch other, oh, other people, play people. Oh, that's true. from right. your home right. and be like, "Oh God, don't do it with us." Yeah, <laughs> but you please God, that. no. <laughs> <laughs> don't show us who the hypocrites we are. <laughs> yeah, or or do and just send us on this is bingo oh. and the actual one. <laughs> like, oh God damn it, we already have a bingo game for the show. That's true. Uh. Okay. <laughs> a couple of months ago, I announced that I needed a break from GMing when a current story arc was finished. Uh, Don volunteered that he would like to run a pirate game Arr. for us, a, a genre we had never played. Oh, excellent. And better yet, he wanted to run it in GURPS. Yeah! 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 It's, it's, <laughs> it's written right there. Why don't you do the yes? I will. Yeah. I, is that the only one? No, no, no. no. Oh, there's a couple more. Oh, I'll okay. point yeah. at you when it's Got time. It. Yeah. Now, I had heard stories about his past games, but no one else was stepping up. So I thought, how oh, bad could it be? Everybody deserves a chance. <laughs> so we spent a session creating characters. Prisoners of the English crown who are being transported to America as indentured servants or outright slaves. Oh. I chose to be an experienced sailor. Okay. But most of the group were our landlubbers learning their trade as they go. As we are locked into the hold, we are introduced to an NPC named Richard Want, a fellow prisoner. One of the first things he says to us is, The crew of the ship are real badasses. They'll kill you if you try anything, so don't try to mutiny or stuff like that until we get closer to America. Challenge accepted. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> me being me, I don't know about you guys. <laughs> when somebody says that, like, oh, really? <laughs> That's the first red herring that is like, they must want me to mutiny. That must be what... Hold my beer. Yes. <laughs> uh, 
This should have been, and was, an instant red flag. <laughs> but I chose to ignore it and tried to arrange a mutiny anyway. Yes! Yes! Uh, the you guards... are a happy jack player. <laughs> <laughs> the guards on the ship let us serve as sailors as long as we behaved. So we had access to the decks and the other sailors. And we figured to storm the decks one night, seize the officers, and Bob's your uncle. So we plot and scheme, and when the time comes, we open the door of our compartment and find a guard there with a ready musket who was never there before. <laughs> Not once mentioned, but there he did, well with done. the gun pointed at us. We decide to delay our plan until the next night. But the next night never comes. Instead, we are just readying our next move. Uh, instead, just as we are readying our next move, a pirate ship approaches us. So it's all hands on deck. Great, I think we'll make our move during the battle. Toss the guards overboard and join the pirates. Uh, arr. We start doing this. They did free a lot of uh, slaves, didn't pirates? Occasionally, wouldn't they do that? Wouldn't they offer that? When they, oh, yeah, they yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like, hey, you don't have these slaves anymore. You can just be on our crew. Right. Well, it was sort of like... Or, or we get thrown into the water. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure it was not slavery anymore, but it wasn't... Well, yeah. they, I think we were able to work eventually and like earn. But you get a, you'd get a, yeah. whatever the you would not get thrown in the share. ocean, yeah. right? Uh, no idea where I am now. Tested and joined the pirates. We pirates. start to do this. We start to this felling three guards, but then the pirate ship sails away, leaving the guards to point muskets at us and the other prisoners we managed to free. This is Gerps. Yeah. So I know that if we attack in the face of gunfire. We're likely to die. You are likely to die. So we surrender. End of session one. Session two. We expect to be executed for our mutiny. After all, these guys are real badasses who will kill us if we try anything. But if we do, we won't be on the ocean-going railroad anymore. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be in Davy Jones Railroad. <laughs> Yarr. <laughs> it goes straight down. <laughs> like this game. <laughs> <laughs> the guards clap three of us in irons, leaving two PCs free to move about the ship. This means that three players sat for an hour and a half, role-playing, oh. being shackled. Aww. Oh, that kind of sucks. Well, that's the price you pay Bad for move. mutiny. So, okay. The what? three of us role-played on the side, telling our life stories and singing sea shanties. <laughs> yes! Farewell and adieu to you Spanish ladies. Farewell and adieu to you ladies of Spain. Uh, well, the other PCs made our plan of escape with help from, you guessed it, Richard, the GMPC. See, this is why I, when I hear GMPC, I shiver. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's pretty much always a bad idea. Yes. Um, I, I won't say always, always, because there are certain games that require a significant NPC to exist. Right. Um, like Demigods. Yes. Requires a, a significant the anchor or whatever the they anchor, call it, right? right. But yeah, the spindle. anchor, is, but the spindle, yeah. But the spindle is not powerful like the PCs, right? No, specifically they're not. They're supposed yeah. to be the opposite. They're right. yeah, yeah. And so a GMPC that is more powerful than the PCs in general is, is, pretty, yeah. is pretty much. See, awesome. I feel like a GMPC is at the level of the players where like a MacGuffin is <laughs> <laughs> the term for the. I don't know. I don't know if I'm playing a GMPC. I'm not running a game. I feel Maybe. like I'm just playing my GMPC. Right. Yes, that's true. Right. I'm figuring out what my PC is going to do. Yeah. To save the day. Yes. Right. And, and yeah, very often players will spend mental bandwidth figuring out what their characters are going to do to the detriment of their ability to pay attention to what else is happening at the table. And if you're the GM, you can't afford to do that. Yes, yes absolutely. But that's also why it's important that the GMPC be at the same level as the players. I'm just uh, another topic. Or We're better. Or better. <laughs> better is always an option for the GM. Sorry, go ahead. Or way worse. My GMPC is a rat. <laughs> well, there's a game. Be the best. <laughs> right? You have to talk to the rat to get any information. You have Scabbers. to protect the rat. Yeah. There's a, there's a game. It's a kid's RPG. What a rat. Is it those meddling kids, I think? Maybe? Is it meddling kids? We don't know. You're telling the story, Stu. No, but yeah. it's, a, it's a kid's RPG. It's like a mystery. I don't, I don't read kids' RPGs. <laughs> I don't have one. Oh, okay. But um, I went through a few of them. Um, but I think it was meddling kids. Mm. It sounds great. Yeah. And it, it's basically Scooby Doo. That's yeah. awesome. And one of the, the the there is a GM or an NPC that the GM has to make, which is the 
quasi-anthropomorphic animal that can kind of talk, but not really. That you have to make you have to make the your your game's version of Scooby. Right, exactly. <laughs> and that and that it baked into the rules is like the GM plays this this character. And also, though, with a game, if you have a bunch of eight year old players, having somebody to guide them through right. is kind of vital. When yeah. you have a game of twenty eight year old players, they still need guidance. They still need guidance. <laughs> yeah, they do. Maybe if they. 48-year-old players. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. We're Sorry old. to all you youngins out there. <laughs> um, None of you are 28. No. No. <laughs> Not anymore. Yeah, I was once upon a time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. sure. Yeah. I was once when this podcast was still happening. That's around the time I think they should give you a driver's license. <laughs> I No, I wasn't 28 any time during, uh, no, no. during this podcast. Oh, no. Yeah. Right, it was right before. Right. Okay. Sorry. All right. I have no idea where I am now. Enter two more <laughs> oh, GMPCs. Yes. Enter two more GMPCs. Thomas Two oh, God. and Henry Avery. Okay, one is bad enough. How do you keep track of three? What's Richard's first name? Dick. One, two, and Avery. Oh. Oh, I thought I, I, was, oh. I thought it was going to be a pun. Oh, it's I thought, not. I thought oh. you were setting up for a dick joke. I was ready. Sorry, never mind. God, Kimmy's filthy mind. I'm the worst. Ahead, his name Tappy. is his last name is Tappy. Head. I am the I'm, enemy I'm of Richard Head. I'm sorry, Tappy. <laughs> I apologize for what can we do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> oh my god, keep reading the email. That's called a meta joke. I know. <laughs> Those are always good. Give me wine. <laughs> okay, but if I do, I can't read. Okay. Oh, sorry. That's a heavy pour. <laughs> what? I was trying to read. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, I didn't recognize the names, but it turns out all three of these guys are historic pirates. I was wondering. Okay. I was wondering. What, what, there was something going on because they had weird last names. Yeah. So now we're in their story, not ours. Oh, and yes. you are totally correct. <laughs> uh, and that is, that's a problem. That's why I, I hate playing anything with a cannon. Yes. Like... I don't want to be in Harry Dresden's game. I right. want to be in my game. Right. right. Your Dresden, Henry, Harry Dresden Universe, Yeah. put it in the West Coast yeah. or something. Yeah. Adjacent. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Put it in Anchorage, Alaska. Yeah. Yeah, in 1987. There you go. Nice. That's all Before specific. Harry's born. Yeah. Well, he, Fantastic. I mean, no, he was alive. Fantastic. That's still, a good idea. Yeah. Oh, in the seventies. Yeah, Disco Dresden. <laughs> Disco oh Dresden God. in Alaska, though. Yes. There's like twelve people there and one discotheque. <laughs> but it's hopping. Oh, yeah. <laughs> every other every other Sunday when it's open. Because <laughs> everybody else is hunting bears. Right. Oh man, our one listener from Alaska <clears throat> is either thinks this is hilarious or is really angry. Oh, he. I'm sure he'll love it. Um, if he's you know not. Terrified because of the huge freaking earthquake they did. Yeah. 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 Uh, or put off by my dick joke. That's also possible. I Came should apologize to all of the listeners. Quite <laughs> 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 frankly. Go ahead. Uh, for the next, for, for the rest of the... For the rest of that session, none of our actions had any consequence. We are sent to steal a key. All of the PCs fail their stealth rolls and their lockpick rolls, but we don't raise any alarms and we still get the key. We set sail on the ship Amity... And at once, an election is held to appoint officers of the ship. And guess who is chosen? GMPC Richard. Of course he is. Of course he is. He's, right. the, he's the most eminently qualified. Yeah. You only have, like, four votes. That's There's their whole rest of the ship. They got, like, 30. That's right. And they've loved Richard from the moment they saw him. <laughs> well, he saved them, actually, from a different ship. That's true. Right? Exactly, yeah. yeah. yeah he walked across the water. <laughs> Jumped onto the other ship. He came bounding across the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> Setting sun right behind him. Uh, we surprise a small cargo ship and approach to seize it. That's my brother, so that's. Sorry. Hooray! Sea fight. Nope. Captain runs up the flag. The ship surrenders without a fight. And our character is sent to lug the cargo from the hold. One PC notices, quote, a green gem that calls to you. I'm calling to you. You, I'm a green gem. You really want to take it. Give me the whiskey. (laughs) Please take me. No, put it over there. Continue. 
That's a really good rye. <laughs> a rye, whatever it is. It's whiskey. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't know anything about it. Go. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Despite the fact that he does not have greed as a disadvantage, he takes it because at least he's doing something. <laughs> <laughs> the captain ship is then allowed to sail away. The end. Uh, but the real capper, the thing that really frosts my cake, is that when we are at last given weapons, hooray! I now have a cutlass and a pistol. Avasti scurvy dogs. But then Don says, you know, though, that black powder pistols are really unreliable. Yes, they are. So oh. every time you use one, I'll be rolling percentile dice to see if it even works. There's like a 5% chance that the gun won't even go off. Oh, it, we need to keep going. Keep excuse going. me? Excuse me? That's not how the rules work. I'm no rules lawyer. I play fast and loose with the rules as anyone. But I do know my GURPS. Yeah! <laughs> On a roll of 17 or 18, That's I've critically missed. That's correct. With the chance of something bad happening as a result. Right. right. Now, if you want black powder pistols to be even less reliable, you can make 16 a critical failure and as they, well. And they probably are that way in, in uh, high tech or whichever or, book the black powder books and right. stuff is in. I think they, are, they they do crit on a 16. Uh, there's even a table on the GM screen, which I've loaned to Don, titled Firearm Malfunctions. It's all built into the system. But suddenly there's an extra 5% chance on top of my skill roll that I will fail? And furthermore, it's determined by fucking percentile dice? <laughs> to paraphrase Tom Hanks, there's no percentiles. There's no percentiles in GURPS. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I gently but firmly put this to Don, and he backed off this modification. But Jesus. <laughs> well, I think that's a really important thing. You know, like, um, uh, things that modify a game should feel uh, fair. Yes. And sure. this obviously didn't feel fair, because there's no fucking percentile modifications yeah. in it. No. No. The, 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 the critical failure thing is, is built into the dice mechanic. Yes. Uh, so that's the story to date. Remember, oh. this game isn't unbearable... We're all friends, and we joke and do silly accents. Two British, one Irish, Woo-hoo! one Spanish, one Black Panther? Oh, my. That's not Wakandan really... Wakandan accent? I don't know, dude. Uh, it's just boring because nothing we do matters. Yeah. We're NPCs in Dawn's story, watching famous pirates do their things and waiting to be told what to do. I've spoken with some of the other players about our options. They've known Don a lot longer than I have, and they despair of helping him correct these problems. Every game he runs, it seems, is just like this. He never asks for feedback, so that opportunity doesn't exist. And again, he's a nice guy, and we don't want to hurt his feelings. The other players feel that if he follows past patterns, he will soon beg off GMing because, quote, I'm too busy, or, quote, it's not going the way I expected. In the meantime, I plan to make my own story within the game, interacting with other players and asking about other NPCs on the ship, forcing Don to create new people. I've taken a strong dislike to the GM NPC, so I'll be role-playing that as well. I'll be up front that my character wants his own ship and will be working to get one. I'll find the fun where I can and snap the jobs a game. Uh, <laughs> and try to help the other PCs to be awesome. I'm hoping that gaming by example will help. But Jesus... Percentiles in GURPS. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> Drink up me hearties. Yeah. Jeb, knock it, Jib. Yes, huzzah. All right, we all just drank for you. We drink and we fight and we drink and we fight. Drink up me hearties, yo ho. We drink and we fight and we drink and we fight. Yep, up me hearties, yo ho. Oh, man. Well, thank you for sending that in. That was thank very you. entertaining. Keep us abreast of the situation. <laughs> See, I made a boob joke and a dick joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> I would like to apologize to all of our listeners. Full of class. <laughs> Kimmy's crass sense of humor. She's I'm a freaking 12-year-old. I'm the worst. I'm the enemy of fun, hashtag. <laughs> well, that is true. <laughs> <laughs> funny because it's true. <laughs> All, right. All right. I think we're done. All right. Yeah. Thank you very much for the email. We appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. No, mm-hmm. it's... And thank you. And uh, horror stories keep them coming. We yeah. love mm-hmm. horror stories. And, and uh, we've got a little bit of... We've got like t- like three or four episodes worth of uh, emails mm-hmm. right now. But if you want to send them... I like to have a big, long list. Now, I, obviously, we don't read every email anymore. Yeah. Um, and stuff we're looking for, just for those of you... <coughs> who want to know? Sorry, Canada. 
Oh, sorry, Canada. Um, wow, that soup makes the stinkiest burps. Um, <laughs> you went to a hot pot place. Yeah, mm, uh, I love hot pot. The the uh, horror stories. We like horror stories. Mm-hmm. Um, stories about general GMing advice. The sort of navel gazing. Um, uh, Gaming theory kinds mm-hmm. of things, you know, mm-hmm. yet like you know, sort of like, like the little uh, defining the word. What does it mean? Yeah. When is it? When it's, is sent that this and when, you know things like that, like the sandbox thing or the crunch thing. Yeah, it's all it's all the bullshit that I like. <coughs> right, I'm like okay, what is the definition of this and how can we apply this to blah blah blah. Right, but I can tell you from the and now I, I will. I'm going to release. Some, I won't release all of it, but I will release some of the information from our listener survey, which. Mm-hmm. I, Finished up what like a month, month and a half ago at this yeah. point. Um, but those those are like the top most popular types of emails. That's the mm-hmm. stuff I always have looked for, and that's the stuff that's most likely going to get going to get read. Mm-hmm. Now, now Jeb's Jeb's uh, horror story was almost three pages long, which is a little long, mm-hmm. but he had a couple sessions and he had some good stuff in there. So mm-hmm. were very if, good if you've got yeah. if you've got good content in there, a three page email is, is definitely forgivable. It so. wasn't quite a Jib email. <laughs> no, no, it was pretty long. It's I been think, so long. I think, I think people it, have forgotten that. I think there, I, I think there have been a couple people who've blasted through that yeah. that record. Yeah, oh, we've yeah. had some, we had some. W- at one point, these were eleven pages long. Yeah, we cut down. Just so you know, yeah. <laughs> Jimmy Christmas. <laughs> yes. Then Jib came on the show, so he stopped having to write in. So right. then they got much thinner. No, they, no. They actually, it was after he moved out here that they started getting that. I'm that, just kidding. He was right. ghostwriting it. So I'm going to close it out. All right. Hit, Hit the, the buttons, Stu. Hit. Not working. There you go. Yeah! All right. Thank you for joining us for season 23, episode 07 of Happy Jack's Jeopardy Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Kimmy. I'm Tepper. Yeah! yeah! I'm Thank you very much. We'll see you next week. And this Sunday, we've got L5R. Yes. And what's on Monday? Uh, tomorrow we have Darknet, and oh, Darknet. then Monday we've got Abria's D and D game, I believe. Oh, excellent! There you go. So, yes, very cool. Thank you very much. We'll leave the song. Yes.
stopped There'll be no more drink to the floor I do drop And there's old Nick offering eternal pain He smiles as he sings this infernal refrain Media Empire. Bum, 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 bum.